Easter. It's Resurrection Sunday. One week ago, we one week ago we celebrated another time, and that is we celebrated the cross. There is there is no greater symbol of victory than the cross. And the people that are saying amen know that because they've experienced it. The cross represents Jesus' love. It represents His ultimate sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, no symbol that we could ever put up or wear or carry No symbol is more precious and more revered than the cross of Jesus Christ. However, in the hours that followed Jesus' death on the cross, the cross meant an end. It meant death. Capital punishment. It meant the end of what they hoped for. It meant the end of the one that they loved. In fact, one of of the followers of Jesus, her name was Mary. There are a lot of Marys in the New Testament. To distinguish her from others, she's referred to as Mary Magdalene. She was from the community of Magdala. Mary Magdalene was one of the close followers of Jesus. We don't know everything about her, of course. We don't know everything about everyone and anyone in Scripture, but what we do know about Mary is that sometime earlier, Jesus had cast a number of demons, demonic spirits, out of this woman named Mary from, from Magdala, Mary Magdalene. Now, now, someone that can cast a bunch of spirits out of you, that would be someone worth following. And so Mary began to follow Jesus. Now, Again, for a moment, put yourself in her place. Imagine how she must have felt in the hours after Jesus' body was lowered off of the cross and placed into a tomb. How did she feel when Jesus died? She was brokenhearted. But perhaps also a feeling of what now? What now? What do I do now? There was an, another follower of Jesus. His name was John. He was one of the disciples. Um, he also was very broken after Jesus' death. John, just by way of explanation, John, again, was one of the disciples. He was probably one of the youngest of the disciples, but what makes John unique is he was probably the one closest to Jesus. And there are a lot of different references in Scripture that would, that would, uh, that would make that much more clear. In, in fact, he was so close to Jesus, uh, he was the only disciple who was at the cross when Jesus died. None of the other 11 were there, but only the one, just John. In fact, as Jesus was hanging on the cross, one of the things that he said from the cross is he provided the care for his mother. Jesus' mother was also there, and, and he he instructed John that he was to care for his mother the rest of his life. Jesus, as the, as the firstborn of Mary, was, was, it was his responsibility within that culture to care. And he, and he made instruction, and he said, John, you're, 
you are to care for her as, she's, as if she's your mother. And he said to his mother, she's, John is to be as, as if he's your son. That's the kind of trust that they had. What was John thinking? What was John thinking in the hours after Jesus died? Maybe he was angry at those who betrayed him or those who killed him. Uh, maybe he was uh, overwhelmed with his new task. <laughs> when this day started, I didn't know that I was going to have an, an, another mother to care for. He, he would have also felt maybe a little bit aimless or, or purposeless. You have, to, you have to understand about three years before, um, John uh, had left his job, his, he'd left his career, he had left his familiar surroundings to follow Jesus. He had done a lot, and for three years he'd devoted himself, but now Jesus was gone. Jesus was dead. And so in the hours after Jesus was lowered off of the cross and placed into the tomb, those must have been some very, very difficult hours for John. But I think, I think the person having the hardest time was the disciple named Peter. Peter. Because hours before... Hours before Jesus died, while Jesus was being beaten and humiliated and mocked and lied about and brutalized, Peter, on three separate occasions, was asked if he had any connection to Jesus. And each time, each of those three times, Peter strongly denied having anything to do with Jesus, not even knowing him. After the third denial, there's more to the story, of course, but after the third denial, in Luke chapter 22, it records how as soon as he said that, a rooster crowed. It reminded Peter of what Jesus had said, and then it says this in Luke 22, Jesus turned and looked straight at Peter. So you have to understand, Jesus was being beaten. He had not yet been placed on the cross, but he denied, that is, Peter denied knowing Jesus, and as soon as he said that, the rooster crowed, and Jesus, wherever he was being beaten, looked over, and he saw Peter, and Peter saw him. What was Peter thinking? What was Peter thinking in the hours after Jesus died? How did he feel when they put Jesus' body in the tomb? Probably something like this. Again, someday, someday when, when I see him, I'm going to ask him, what was going through your mind? I really am. I want to do that. And by the way, someday I am going to see him because we're going to live just down the street from each other someday. And I'm going to ask Peter, what were you thinking? I'm thinking, he was thinking, there's no way out of this one. There's no coming back from this. I can't ask forgiveness. I've done something so horrible. Nothing can fix it. You see, you can't ask someone to forgive you if they're dead. These were those hours after Jesus was crucified and lowered from the cross and placed in the tomb. Those were some dark, dark hours when that amazing and vibrant and wise and miracle working man went from life to death. We know that Jesus died 
on a Friday. He was placed in a borrowed tomb. We sang about it earlier, how he was placed in a, a borrowed tomb, a man by the name of Joseph. said he can be buried there. Isn't it interesting how Jesus, when he was born, was born in a borrowed inn, in a borrowed manger? He died on a cross that had, people didn't get their own crosses. Other people, he died in, in a sense on a borrowed cross and he was buried in a borrowed tomb. It happened on a Friday. His body remained in the tomb on Saturday, the Jewish Sabbath. And then on Sunday, Jesus rose from the dead. In fact, that's why we're meeting here today, because early on, in, and it records it here in, in the book of Acts, how Christians began to gather together on Sunday rather than the Jewish Sabbath Saturday in commemoration of Jesus' resurrection, because Jesus rose from the dead on a Sunday. The Bible does not record the actual resurrection. That may come as a bit of a surprise to you, let me explain. It records the fact that it happened, but it doesn't record the very moment in which Jesus came back to life. For a couple of reasons. One, there was no one there to record it. Jesus was alone in the tomb. But secondly, I think, that our minds really would have a hard time comprehending the moment in which the power of the universe was focused on Jesus and he came alive. I really don't know that our minds can comprehend it. We weren't meant to know the specifics of it. Again, perhaps someday when we get to heaven, we will see the replay, if you will. We'll go back in time and see how that moment truly was. But he did come back to life. Angels declared it. Hundreds of people saw him. People talked with him. Others ate with him. They touched his body where the nails had gone through his hands and his feet. They touched his side where the, where the spear had been run into him to make sure that he was dead. Jesus went from life to death and to life again. And that is why the cross... That is why the cross, we sang about it earlier, the cursed tree, that is why the cross, once a symbol of being cursed and a symbol of destruction and a symbol of judgment, became a revered symbol of victory and restoration. The resurrection, it was the resurrection, Jesus going from death to life, that changed everything. I mentioned Mary Magdalene earlier. She was among the first to see the resurrected Jesus. And, and whatever hopelessness Mary Magdalene had had was immediately gone when she realized Jesus was alive. Jesus was alive. Changed everything. John, I, I, I mentioned John earlier. John was no longer overwhelmed. His friend was alive. This, this one, now, I, 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 Jesus would, uh, some days later, uh, some weeks actually later, would ascend into heaven. So John, John still had to care for Mary. He wasn't out of his job, but n neither was he overwhelmed. His friend was alive. Jesus was alive. 
He wasn't just a great teacher, miracle worker. He knew he was God. And later, when the Holy Spirit filled him and many others, John found that nothing Jesus called him to do was impossible. Let me say that again. When when, when he knew that Jesus was alive, and when he knew that Jesus was God, and when he had experienced that salvation that Jesus paid for on a cross, and when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, then he knew that whatever Jesus gives me to do, I can do it in his strength. He's no longer overwhelmed. Because when you serve the one who went from death to life, when his spirit is in you, he can help you with anything. And then Peter. Remember I mentioned Peter? He was the one who, <laughs> I heard it described once, Peter was lower than a snake's belly button in the hours after Jesus' death. That man who had arguably the most to lose, Peter was among the first to hear that Jesus was alive. And I think, again, my opinion, but I think he was one of the most grateful Because Peter knew that there was a way out of his despair. Peter knew that there was a way out of his destruction. Amazing things happened when Jesus went from death to life. Those three, Mary, John, and Peter, those three were just some of the first people who no longer remained in a bad place. I highlight them not to to exalt them, but just as examples of, of persons who were among the first to know that the resurrection and the cross made all of the difference. In the book of Acts in your Bibles, the history, it's the history book of the early church. It records their hundreds and, and even thousands of people who went from their own places of death, spiritually speaking, people who went from their own places of death to life because of Jesus. I mean, just page after page, you read through that history, and you go, look at that person went from death to life. Look, there's another one, death to life. Look, there's another one, death to life. Why? Because Jesus went from death to life. Hurting and hopeless and damaged and used and abused people were changed. Romans chapter 6 verse 4 says it very well. We have been buried with him through baptism into death in order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. It says here that because Jesus died and because he was then raised up, We have newness of life. Glory to God! Because He died and because He was raised up, we have newness of life. And that same resurrection power that brought life to Jesus, that brought hope to the hopeless and life to the lifeless, it continues today. I'm going to ask my friend Jackie to come and, uh, and sing to you uh, about Jesus' power to clean and, and, and to 
to sing about how he restores us to that newness of life. And, and please, while she sings and you listen, um, there, there will be other people here to tell you what this same Jesus has done and is doing in them. I see shadows, you see hope. I see broken, but you see beautiful. And you're helping me to be. Oh, 
And of course, you know that that applause is not for what they've done, but for what Jesus has done in them. We all have a story, don't we? We've all walked life's journey. And there are things that have happened to to us. There are choices that we made that put us into a bad place. And there are people who who feel kind of like those after the after the cross, after Jesus was in the tomb, is there any hope? And Satan uses those things that we've done or things that have done to us and he uses those things to defeat us again and again and again. But Jesus, through the cross, and because of the empty tomb, can take us from death to life. (laughs) He turns our signs, if you will. Jesus went to the cross and he rose from the dead so that our story, so that your story can have a different ending. Now, some of you right now may be thinking, well, it's too late. It's too late. It's too late for me. But, but look at these. You know, what, you know what I call these guys? Just I, It hit me. This is the clean team. You've heard of the dream team? This is the clean team. They didn't clean themselves up. And, and, and if you were to ask any one of them, there were probably times when they also thought, it's too late. I'm hopeless. I can't fix myself. But it wasn't too late. You've seen that. It wasn't too late. And I want you to understand this morning that, that the next chapter of your story begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. John, mentioned him earlier, Jesus' disciple, wrote this. If we confess our sins, God is faithful. And he's just and he will forgive our sins and purify all of our unrighteousness. My friends who are before you today did not confess their sins today. That's not why they held up the first side of the sign. They, they did not confess their sins today. It's not what this is all about. They confessed their, their sins months or years ago. They, they gave all of that stuff to Jesus a long time ago. And he transformed them or began to transform them. Today, they're simply declaring how Jesus moved them from death to life. Perhaps this morning you've not yet made that move. Maybe you're still living in a spiritually dead place. I want you to know that today is your day. That today is your day. You say, that can happen to me. Yeah, because of what he did. So I have a request of you. When you came in this morning, you saw in your seats a card that looks like this. Would you reach down and take that card in your hand? In fact, would everyone go ahead and reach down and you can go ahead and hold that in your hand for a moment. On one side, on one side it says uh, from death, 
On the other side, it says from death, and then on the other side it says to life. Very, very simple, four words, from death to life. This morning, if you, if you want to begin that journey, I'd like to lead you in a prayer this morning. Again, I don't know how you came or why you came this morning. You may have been here many times before. Maybe this is your first time and you don't know a lot about me and you don't know a lot about some of these people up here, but you've heard enough about Jesus and you, you want to believe that, that He can do something in you. I want to pray with you this morning. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we will be saved. That that transition, that transformation will begin in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds, in our bodies, in our families, in our, in our part of the world. I would like you to pray this prayer with me. This morning, there's something pulling on you. Maybe as you saw some of these victories and you saw their stories in just a few words, and there's, of course there's so much to it. And by the way, there's so many here who could have been up here. We only had time for these, but there are so many here. I want you to pray with me. I'm going to pray one line, and if you agree, I would like you to repeat it audibly. In fact, even if you've prayed a similar prayer years ago or months ago, and you've already begun that journey, I would still like you to pray audibly with me if you would. And so again, just want to be very clear, I'm going to lead you in prayer. And if you agree with this prayer and you pray it audibly along with the people around you, then I believe we know because so many of us have experienced it that Jesus will begin that transformation process in you. And it starts now. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Would you repeat these words after me? Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I believe you died on that cross to forgive my sins. I believe you rose from the dead to give me victory. Forgive me. Come into my life. Move me from death to life. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, if you prayed, sincerely prayed that simple prayer, then here's what's happened to you. You have moved from death to life. And, and would you on that card that you have in your hands, would you on that card on the, on the from death side, just put today's date. If you prayed that prayer for the first time and you are trusting the Lord is already beginning that work in you, would you put today's date, April 16, 2017. And then on the other side, on the other side of your card, put your name. Put your name. Just write it down. I want you to keep this. You will not be turning this in. But I want you to keep this as a reminder of what Jesus began in you today. So I want you to keep this. The Bible says that when we surrender our life to Jesus Christ, our names are written down in a book in heaven called the Lamb's Book of Life. 
It also says that when a person comes to Christ, there's a party that happens in heaven. That's pretty cool. They're having a, some of you, they're having a party in heaven right now for you. The angels, it says, rejoice. I want you to keep this as a reminder. And then, and then at the close of our time today, these, these friends of mine are going to remain here at the front. Um, at the close of our time, would you do this for me? If, if you wrote that down, keep this. You don't need to show that. But would you then step forward to one of these here at the front, and they will pray with you as well. They would love to do that. Because it was months or years ago that they prayed a very similar prayer and God began doing that work in them. Perhaps this morning you came to Christ before today. You've been serving Him for months or years. But there are some things in your life that you want to see move from death to life. There are some things in your life that you just know it's destructive, it's killing me. Spiritually, maybe physically, but there's something, I know it's wrong and, it, and it's, it's destroying me. I want you to take this card as well. Maybe you can identify with some of these here at the front when they you know, put up that first side and you went, wow, I had no idea, but boy, that's, that's kind of like a little bit like my story. Maybe you can identify with some of them. Would you also on that card write whatever that dead thing may be? Just write it there on this side, the dead part. Take it home and trust that the one who brought dead things to life in so many others will do the same in you. And then, when the victory comes, and it will come, then go ahead and on the to life part, write that date, or write the victory. Write your own, write your own sign. Maybe a year from now, or a couple years from now, some of you who right now are seeing that death, you're going to be up here and you're going to say, man, it was on the 16th of April 2017. Let's trust Him for victory. Again, my friends are going to remain near the front here. And, 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 and if, if you, again, you may have given your heart to Jesus a long time ago, and, uh, and, uh, uh, but you identify with one of them. They also want to pray with you. So, I know what today is. It's Easter Sunday, and it's not only a day in which we remember what Jesus did and does, it's also a family day. So I know that there are other things happening, but we intentionally ended our time a little bit earlier so that you will have time to come up and pray with some of these. So would you do that as well? The close of our time, we're going to stand in just a moment, and I'm going to pray. We're going to close. If you have a pressing obligation, please feel free to go. But these people, my friends, your friends, people that have been wonderfully saved and delivered, would love to pray with you. Would you stand, please, across this sanctuary? This has been an amazing time together. This has been an amazing time of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done and is going to do in many of you. And so I'd like to close in prayer. And again, there will be music. You will hear that. But as soon as I'm done praying, you are, you are free to go, but you're also free to come. And, and would you? Would you do that? Would you? Some of you just come up and say, I, I, man, I, I didn't know this. I'd like, I'd like you to pray with me. And they will. And, and God will do amazing things. Hallelujah.
Close your eyes, bow your heads, let's pray together. Jesus, I thank you for what you've done. Not only in my 13 friends here at the front, I thank you for what you've done in the hundreds of my friends here in this congregation. I thank you, Lord, for what the amazing and miraculous things that you've done in the children that are right now, the many children that are in AFA Kids right now, they're in another part of this. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in them right now for the victories that they too have experienced in in past months and perhaps even today. But Jesus, we're trusting you for greater things. So Lord, as we go our way and we go into a bunch of family times, may we also remember that there's the family of God. And Lord, as we pray together with brothers and sisters in Christ, may, may, may you do miracle working things in us as we agree together. We love you, Lord. I ask your blessings upon every person here as we go into this place, Lord, into this world that is lost without you. Help us, empower us, fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we can reach the people that we can in the time that we have. We thank you, Lord. And we pray these things in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Please come or go. These people will be here to pray with you. God bless you. Have a blessed Resurrection Sunday.